Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What a fabulous show. We have planned for you today. You know, this is really so interesting. I was just saying to Seth before we, we get on, you know, Seth has been um, my producer on this network for, wow, a really long time. And I, I noticed that there were a couple of shows we did where Seth wasn't there. And I, I, I said to myself, oh, my gosh, I wonder where Seth is. I asked how Seth was doing. And, you know, there's this. There's this period that we all go through when there is a form of regularity in our lives uh, and the friendships we make, and then something changes. And sometimes our minds take over. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes we get a feeling inside ourselves that we just don't even understand what it's all about. So when Seth was there today to do this show, along with my incredibly special guest, uh, Catherine G. Lucas, here's the deal. I was so glad to hear his voice. You know, this is... This is one of these times. Here's what, here's what I'd love to say about this before, and, and I'll introduce Catherine to you. You know, it's always fascinated me that intro by John Demartini when he says this is one of the most transformative shows. You know why this is a transformative show? Because I get to have conversations with people that are doing epically transformative work in the world. And I am never shocked about the message that comes to the table each week or each day, in my case, about something that all of us need to hear. This is the case tonight. Spiritual emergency. What you need to know with uh, this amazing woman, Catherine Lucas, joining me here today, the author of In Case of Spiritual Emergency, Moving Successfully Through Your Awakening. Well, this is really kind of cool. I love that she's showing up right now to have this conversation with all of us, you know, myself including. And as I went in and I read her book and I looked at what the key features of spiritual emergency are, it was almost like I had a checklist. And hopefully we'll go down this list with her and we can each check it off. And I thought, I wonder what this means if you kind of have 70% of these spiritual emergency features checked off does that mean we're on the verge of an awakening what does that mean well today we're going to share with you what spiritual emergency is what does it look like what does it feel like and why why is it that Catherine lucas has decided to take this conversation on Catherine, welcome to the show it's great to have you here thank you so much and that's a wonderful introduction it's a it's a real pleasure 
I love this because, you know, I, I look at my life and, you know, like many people, I've had a lot of challenges along the way and I've learned from every one of them. Do you know today on the show, this, the, earlier today on the show, I had a half hour, someone, someone um, uh, on the show uh, canceled and I had this half hour. So what I decided to do was take a song that's in our pop culture now. I don't know if Seth is going to be able to find it or not. But the song that I picked was by Kelly Clarkson. And I did a whole half hour on this topic. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I thought, oh, I can't wait to talk with you about this. Because let me ask you this question. In the state of spiritual emergency, doesn't it feel like something's dying? Yes, it does very much so. And in fact, you know, this is one of one of the biggest fears that people have is that they actually believe that they are physically going to die sometimes because because what happens is that, you know, we're having to let go of an awful lot. And the ego feels very threatened when we go through spiritual awakening, uh, you know, our spiritual development. And, and these are these are particular moments. OK, um, but the ego feels very threatened and feels it's going to be extinguished. And and that's where the, this fear of, of, of dying comes from. You know, let me ask you a question that I've asked just about everyone I've ever had on the show. It was one of the first questions that came to me. I started doing this in 2003, uh, very much by accident, but not really. I dialed the wrong phone number. And, um, and one of the first questions that I had asked, my very first guest, was this one. You know, Catherine, given what you're doing, given you're traveling the world, given you, you're an incredible author, have an incredible platform, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the obstacles that you personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, I've, I've been through a spiritual emergence and emergence <laughs> myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I've had some very major challenges to overcome. I mean, when I... When I was 20, I spent a month in a psychiatric hospital, and this was really the beginning of the process for me, but nobody around me, and myself included, had any sense that this was, um, you know, that, that this had potential for healing and growth. Uh, you know, the mental health system really tends to pathologize, to, to label these experiences as illness. Um, so, so that was, that was my first major challenge because, you know, ending up in a psychiatric hospital is in itself enormously traumatic. Yes, and, it is. Yeah. And then I had heavy duty medication, you know, that I was on for a year. I lost a year of, of my life. And, and also, you know, I then had to kind of rebuild my life really. And, and then, you know, I guess it was 20 years later when I went through, um, a, I was able to kind of come back to the process because it had been abruptly interrupted uh, by ending up in hospital. But mm. actually what needs to happen is that we need to be able to move through these experiences to a place of, of getting some completion and integration. So, so fortunately, some 20 years later, I was able to kind of come back to it and, and I was in crisis again and it was terrifying. Uh, and it was also, I have to say, you know, a beautiful, blissful experience. This is the thing about spiritual emergency that, you know, that it, it really holds all of the extremes. Um, and it gives you a glimpse of awakening. You know, it, it really set me on my path 
of, of knowing what I was looking for on my spiritual journey. So I'm really very grateful. But it, it's, you know, it's been hugely challenging. These are not easy, easy things to, to, to move through. Well, you know, I, I wasn't joking when I said that. <laughs> I wasn't joking when I said, first of all, I got through the introduction of your book, and, and then I and then I went to uh, right away, and I forget the chapter now that was in, uh, where you describe what spiritual emergency looks like. And I thought, we've got to start the show. We've got to talk about this a little bit because sometimes – you know, folks think they're the, you know, like the, it's, they're the only people. It's like, I'm the only one experiencing this. I'm the only one having this heartbreak. I'm the only one having financial difficulties, right? I'm the only one where my body doesn't serve me any longer. And sometimes we think that from these experiences, there's something wrong with us. But what the way that you captured this is so beautiful, so brilliant, and so hopeful. I mean, even in the words of the great teachers, Jesus, Buddha, the way that you've captured this allows us to pull ourselves up. And I wanted you uh, and I to talk about spiritual emergency, what some of the characteristics are, so people don't feel they're alone. Yeah, yeah, and I can certainly go through some of the some of the key uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. The key features, and I, you know, I think that's very important, Pat. That point that you've touched on, because people do feel very alone with it. They can feel really isolated, um, especially if, you know, because because usually we're not able to cope on an everyday level, and so, you know, work becomes impossible. So that adds to our sense of isolation. Maybe family and friends don't really understand what we're going through, so that that can create a sense of isolation. And and you know, this is where the the work of the spiritual emergency networks and in the UK we have the the spiritual crisis network that I set up and and these really help to to break through that sense of isolation so that people can know that actually a lot of other people have been through this and they've come through it fine you know this is this is my message of hope that actually a lot of people an awful lot of people have been through this and and actually I haven't come across a single person who regrets going through it. So I'm saying that now when, you know, I'm just about to go through some of the features and and people can be, you know, maybe a little bit horrified, a little bit shocked. And so I really want to stress that that positive uh, message that, that, you know, this this is a wonderful opportunity, despite the fact that it does um, bring some dangers, some very real dangers, and that's why it's so important that we have an awareness, that everybody has an awareness of spiritual emergence and emergency because of the dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so maybe I'll just say a little bit about some of those dangers and some of the opportunity, and then Beautiful. I'll go and then well, I think it's important, and I, and I want to share something with you because my heart goes out to you. Um, you know, about your experience. When I was six years old, my mother was committed to, in New York City, the, a mental hospital. At the time, Bellevue was known um, for its uh, psychiatric ward. And, you know, when I, was, when I was young, six years old, my mother was committed. When I was seven years old, my mother finally, in her second attempt, committed suicide uh, and, and lit the house on fire. And so... I am so deeply touched by how you have invited all of the people, everyone listening here, to what you're about to say. Because sometimes when we don't have the kind of platform or venue, 
uh, or information that you provide. We do think we're going crazy, you see? Yeah, yeah. And, and Pat, you know, um, the mental health system does, does fail. Unfortunately, you know, this is why it's so important to get this information out there because the mental health system, unfortunately, um, fails uh, people sometimes, you know. Um, you know, I, I don't know the details of what your mother was going through, but the dark night of the soul is is very much associated with depression and really is one of the most dangerous types of spiritual emergence and emergency because of the danger of suicide. And, you know, our, our mental health system, there was uh, an American woman called um, Marie Moore, actually, who... Um, at a, a firing range, this is um, a couple of years ago now in Florida, she shot uh, first her son and then herself at point-blank range, and, and they both died. And what she had been going through, you know, she had been tormented by visions. Now, these visions, if you like, this is the kind of thing that the mental health system would see as um, hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And and basically, that's that's all they would really do with that is just kind of label it as hallucinations, and and kind of medicate and and see it as as maybe psychosis, schizophrenia, depression, you know, whatever. In actual fact, when you look at the detail of what Marie Moore was talking about, she was she was tormented by visions of being burnt at the stake, of being gassed. Um, you know, these are very typical uh, of. Uh, kind of past life, basically um, past life trauma that needs healing. And so, so you know, in a sense, a mental health system that can take on board the spiritual dimension. And, and in psychology, we talk about transpersonal psychology. So uh, transpersonal psychology is um, psychology. It's basically transpersonal means beyond the personal. So it's transcendent, it's spiritual. And yeah. there's, this, there's this whole branch of psychology, um, which is transpersonal psychology. And, you know, this is the field that this work, this material on spiritual emergency comes out of. And it's also, if you like, the way forward in terms of responding. We really need our mental health professionals to understand the transpersonal, the spiritual dimension, so that they can meet people wherever they're at with whatever type of therapy they need. Um, so let let me just go through some of the of the features yes. of uh yes. spiritual in, emergency. So we're talking about something that for some people will impact on every level of their being. And I certainly relate to this, you know, when when I was in crisis in 2003 and in 2006, it was emotional, physical, um, you know, psychological and spiritual. It was on really on every level, which is why it's so overwhelming because, because, yeah, it consumes our whole being. So that's, that's one feature typically. Uh, although, you know, it can vary a lot from individual to individual. So some people it, it might be more one than another. But certainly emotionally, we're talking about an absolute roller coaster. So if you think of the highest roller coaster, the fastest roller coaster, and then you imagine um, kind of experiencing in one moment you're maybe experiencing this 
experiencing a huge love. You know, we're really connecting with divine, unconditional love. This this can happen in, in spiritual emergence. So we're connecting with that. You know, we may be experiencing uh, peace and, and bliss and joy. And then within moments, we're tipping over into fear and dread and maybe even terror, abject terror. And then you think of this roller coaster of just how fast and how quickly that can happen. And that's what can be very difficult is, on the one hand, the huge spectrum of emotions that we can experience, but also how quickly we can move from one state to another. So that's on the emotional side, what can happen. That's just one one example, if you like. Uh, physically, there can be a whole range of different symptoms. And this can be quite disconcerting for people. It can be quite uh, worrying, frightening. You know, you go to the doctor and the doctor can't really actually explain uh, physically what's happening. So, but to give you an example, uh, one thing that I found quite uh, worrying was that I had this, this sensation of vibrating in my body, ah. of kind of like shaking. Yeah. Now, that can be for a lot of different reasons. You know, it, it could be fear. It could be that we're releasing some trauma. So so that can actually, you know, it can be quite a good good sign. that, that uh, It's a little bit like wild animals, actually, in the wild. When they're releasing trauma, they would naturally shake as a way of releasing it. Uh, but the other thing, that it can also be um, like a vi- when our vibration is being raised by the really powerful spiritual energies that are coming in. Um so, so I had this sense, you know, I'd go to bed at night and, and I would just feel as if I was kind of vibrating, shaking. Once I read that this was quite common and quite typical, I was really able to relax around it. But that, you know, not everybody experiences that. That's, that's just one, one yeah. particular physical symptom. It could be, um, you know, where the Kundalini energy, um, it's Kundalini energy, uh, the understanding comes to us from, from Indian teachings of the um, life force energy that can move up through the spine, through the chakras. This, uh, you know, this can create sensations of burning, of really intense heat in the body. So that's something that, that some people experience. Um, yeah, just a whole range of physical. Yeah, well, let me, let, let's talk about one thing that I found really fascinating in looking at these, Catherine. For those of you just tuning in, I, I just want to mention to everybody, Catherine Lucas joining me here today. And, you know, she's the author of, uh, In Case of Spiritual Emergency, Moving Successfully Through Your Awakening. Uh, she's founder of the UK Spiritual Crisis Network. Um, and we're going to hear a bit about that as well. One of the things I was really struck by, uh, in, in reading your book and, and really looking at this is, one of the things I think you mentioned, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, you mentioned that, you know, also part of one of the things that can happen is have unusual physical pains and sensations and find it impossible to sleep. Right now in this country, if you look at the research out there about pain and inflammation, it is rising at exponential rates and rising at exponential rates for the population of mostly women. And I found that kind of interesting because, you know, it's something that I did a show about not too long ago, right, about this level of pain, chronic pain coming up in different, you know, we've got names for this stuff now. But I just thought to myself, why? Why would 
these autoimmune or these painful diseases be showing up so predominantly clear for women. And I was reading your book and I thought, boy, I'd like to hear you chat about that with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and that could well be related to this process of awakening. You see, Pat, what, what's happening is that, you know, the process of, of spiritual awakening is happening globally. You know, there's this huge shift. And, and I'm sure that your listeners are really familiar with this. There's a lot of talk about it. You know, this, this huge transformation. And of course, there's a direct relationship between what's happening globally. So, and you mentioned one trend, you know, this increase in, in pain and physical yeah. pain and, and illnesses related to that. Um, so there's this huge, um, direct relationship between what's happening at an individual level and what's happening globally. So each and every one of us is kind of contributing to this global awakening of consciousness. And that's why we really need to understand the process, uh, to understand the relationship between the challenges and this wonderful opportunity that we're being presented with. Because I think, you know, it can be, especially with something like physical pain, you know, we can get so caught up in that um, that we forget, actually, the, the bigger picture, that, that A, this isn't happening to us alone, uh, like we've already touched on, and, and B, that, you know, this is part of a, of a much bigger process, and, and that, that each one of us is helping and contributing towards so, so the pain, you know, and we would work with that. Um, you know, I, I really advocate mindfulness yeah, uh, yeah. as a very powerful tool. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I teach mindfulness and, and I teach a, a living well with stress program. Uh, but the, there's also like a sister program, which is living well with pain for, for people that are living with chronic pain. And mindfulness is a fantastic tool for really dealing with any suffering. Whatever, whatever form that's taking in our lives, whether it's emotional, physical, um, stress, you know, whatever, because mindfulness helps us to be with our experience as it is, so that rather than pushing it away and resisting it, we're opening as best we can with a lot of compassion for ourselves, but we're opening to our experience and being with it as, as best we can. And of course, this is very important in spiritual emergence and emergency. You know, we, we need to be able to go with the flow if, if we possibly can, uh, rather than, than just wanting it to stop and not happen, which is the natural, you know, totally understandable response. Tim, so, yeah. Yeah, this is really, I mean, there, there's so many things I want to talk with you about, but before I, I go ahead and jump ahead, can you, can we just take a minute and let people know how they can get a copy of your book? And also, uh, please let's send people to your website because you have a phenomenal blog, uh, you know, there. There are many ways for people to get support. So let's just take a minute and, uh, let people know how they can find out more about you and more about the book. Sure, sure. So, so there are various, uh, various sorts. So my website is just, uh, catherinegelucas.com. And the Catherine is spelt with a, a C. Uh, and then there's, um, in terms of getting hold of the book, you know, that's on Amazon or people can go to the publisher, fintornpress.com. Um, and, and specifically, you know, in terms of uh, websites that offer support for people, you know, there's, we have the UK Spiritual Crisis Network. So that's spiritualcrisisnetwork.org.uk. There's the American equivalent, um, 
based in uh, San Francisco. So that's um, spiritualemergence.info. So, you know, there's a whole wealth of resources out there. And certainly the book, you know, in my book, uh, in case of spiritual emergency, I've got at the at the back, there's a big section on resources. So lots of websites, lots of um, books, um, spiritual emergence networks. You know, it's it's kind of all there, including, um, you know, some some places to stay. In fact, you know, I would love your listeners to help out, Pat, because at the moment we've, we've done some research in the UK and we found some places, you know, it's quite difficult to find places where people can get the level of support that they need because right. they, need, they need 24-7 support during, during the actual peak of the crisis, um, which, you know, might only be a few days, but, but people really need a lot of support sometimes. And so I would love your listeners to, to help out with, um, getting in touch with me through through my website, through the blog, of places where people can stay in in the states, um, places that can offer support and a spiritual understanding, and and kind of yeah that they can really be be held and and feel safe. Uh-huh. But get that spiritual understanding and support because um, psychiatric hospitals will will keep somebody safe but they won't necessarily have that spiritual understanding and, and support. No, it's really a different system of things. And, you know, I'm so glad you invited everyone to really help with that. You know, I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I uh, live in the state of Washington, but I grew up in New York and for most of my life lived in New Jersey. And, you know, I, when I moved um, to the state of Washington, Seattle, I had never really experienced uh, the energies that are here, uh, in, in so many ways. But this is truly, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, Seattle and Washington is the only place, but truly what's happening here in this state provides those, those kinds of places and forums for people. You know, there are many, many places, retreats on Woodby Island, so many places where, you know, the approach to living is holistic. So, um, all of you listening to the show, it'd be very, very helpful if you could chime in uh, and help with this. In, one of the things, Catherine, I wanted to ask you about is mindfulness. And I have a question that just came in on the instant feedback system a- as well that's going to help. For those of you listening, um, most of you know how to send us questions in through instant feedback. The way to do that is go to the drpatshow.com on the right-hand side, ask your question, or you could go to transformationtalkradio.com, same thing on the right-hand side, just ask your question and we'll get it in here. I know many of you can't call in all the time. Uh, the question came up and um, it had to do with fear. And I know that um, in the book you talk about mindfulness and seven ways of helping. One of the things you address is coping with fear. The question that came in from Maureen from, I believe it's Michigan, that's the abbreviation, is um, is this. Uh, hi, Dr. Pat. Hi, Catherine. This is, this is a mind-blowing conversation. Um, like many people in the United States, in the U.S. right now, uh, we are experiencing some of the trauma or the residual of the past three, four years here. Uh, we walk around and we live in fear. We're not quite sure how to pull ourselves out of it. Can, can, can Catherine please address the issue of fear and faith? 
Great. That's, you know, that's a, I'm really uh, grateful for that question because, you know, it, it's so important. It's, um, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people are living in fear. And, and this is, you know, Pat, you quite rightly made the connection with mindfulness because this is, this is how I work, um, certainly with my own fear and, uh, and how I help, you know, when I'm teaching mindfulness, how I help people, um, is, you know, what we can do, what we need to do is basically we need to step back uh, we need to get just a little bit of space, in just enough space around our fear to be able to watch it and explore it and be interested and, and curious about it and notice when we're getting hooked into the fear. Oh. And, this, and, and this is where the mindfulness can be so helpful because mindfulness, we basically, with mindfulness, we learn to watch our experience. We learn to watch our emotions. We learn to watch our thoughts. And, and not, not in a disconnected uh, way, but just in a way of kind of getting some space around them and, and kind of getting some awareness about our feelings and, and, and our thoughts and just seeing what those, what they're doing to us. I can give you an example, Pat, of when I was actually in crisis in, in 2003. And, you know, the fear was, you know, my levels of fear were really very, very high. And what I was able to do, because I had a mindfulness practice and I'd been meditating for quite a few years, I was able to just to step back just enough to watch how that fear was impacting on my thinking. And, mm. what it, and what it was doing was really distorting my thinking so that I was coming up with all sorts of, um, you know, it was kind of really exaggerating and catastroph. We, we talk about catastrophizing where we kind of imagine the worst, you know. And this is, this is what fear can do. So, so mindfulness is fantastic for, for working with fear. And the other thing, of course, that we need when we're going through this is, is grounding. You know, we really need to be as connected with, um, with the earth and with our bodies and, and with the ground as, as we can be. I'm just aware that, that the question was, was also looking at, at, at faith, the relationship between fear and faith. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, you know, I, I do a lot of these, um, you know, interviews and, and public speaking and, you know, I, I, I do it. There's, um, I, I read one time and it really helped me with all this public speaking was that uh, the word confidence comes from the Latin con fides, uh -huh. which, which is with faith. Okay. And so, so basically for me, it's, it's, it's the faith and the trust, uh, in the universe, in God, you know, whatever language, um, people like to use, it's that faith, uh, that can give us the confidence, that can, can give us the courage. And, and that's, and I love the, the fact that that word confides, uh, the Latin, uh, with faith, you know, con, that's where the, the root of the word confidence comes from. So I hope that helps. Your, your listener. Yes, and we're getting a number of questions, Catherine. I guess, you know, the conversation that we had, uh, and especially about, you know, my mom committing suicide, we have a question coming in from Janice in North Carolina. And boy, I'll tell you, the timing of this conversation with you couldn't have been better. Uh, Janice, thank you so much for your question. Let me, let me see if I can get it out here. My husband committed suicide. I am struggling. I wish I could feel he is still here in some way. I would love to reach out to him and let him know I miss him. Um, he suffered depression. How can I continue to cope with the roller coaster of my life? How do I go on? I have tried for one year. 
Wow, Janice, thank you so much. My heart so goes out to you. Um, and, you know, the first thing that, that I want to say is there's so much that's revealed in Catherine's book uh, that I think would be of enormous help. But, Catherine, boy, Janice is on a journey, isn't she? Yes, yes. And, and Janice, hi, I just want to, yeah, just really feel for you and, and I, you know, the, the support, you know, it's so important at these times to get support. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what support you, you know, you have, Janice, in, in place, but, but, you know, I really encourage you to, to reach out for as, as much support as you can, you know, and whether that's uh, family and friends or, or whether it, it's professionals, you know, it's a, there's a whole range of, of support available out there. And, and sometimes, you know, when we're in a really painful place and we're really struggling, it's, it's quite difficult sometimes to reach out and to, to ask for that. So I just really encourage you to do that. And, and if you have, you know, I don't know if you, if you have a, a spiritual community, uh, because obviously that's also one, one good source of, of support. But I, I would also encourage you to, to look at mindfulness. You know, mindfulness, mindfulness isn't just, um, isn't just a tool about awareness. It's also just as much about compassion. It's about really being kind and gentle with ourselves. Um, when, you know, obviously you've, you've been through this, this huge, um, painful, uh, you know, trauma and, and tragedy. And actually, I'm sure your husband does know that you miss him. You know, I really believe that um, our ancestors and our family are kind of all around us. Um, so, so, yeah, I think, you know, maybe that we can come back to this confides, you know, with faith to have the confidence that, that, that he knows that. I think this is... Uh... <clears throat> Excuse me, Janice. First of all, let me thank you for the question. Um, it's a very important question because, you know, the question that I, that I think she asked is how do I go on? You know, for many of us, uh, Catherine, that have had um, any number of what we talked about earlier, you know, these, these characteristics of having a spiritual awakening, a spiritual uh, emergency, you know, we wonder some days uh, – uh, you know, I look at my own life, 2003, 2004, uh, a few of those years, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I looked at my world around me. You know, my, my body uh, decided it was going to take on its own journey. Uh, my relationship decided the same, so forth and so on. And some days we think, okay, how am I going to lift myself up? There are many people that are in this world and are thriving. And their question is, how do I get to the next level? You know, this idea of spiritual emergency uh, and it being a time of spiritual awakening does have opportunity. Can you talk about these opportunities, please? Yes, yes, because I think, you know, that's where the, the positive, where the, where the message yeah. come, comes from, Pat, really. And I think, you know, in, in terms of how we can go on and how we can get through, you know, it, it's really sometimes it's just literally just taking one moment at a time. You know, I know when I've been in, in the, the most painful, most challenging places, it's literally just one moment uh, at a time. It's not even one day at a time. And, and I think, you know, with, with the mindfulness, you know, we can have have the, the, the faith to know that we can just get through this moment and then, you know, and then the next moment and, and this moment and this moment. And um, so so the opportunities that, that come from this, you know, I, I really believe that everything happens for a reason. Even the most painful things that happen, happen for a reason. 
and they happen you know often it's coming from a, a soul level you know it, it's it's it, it, the 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 natural movement towards healing and growth uh comes from very deep within so so sometimes things happen that actually at first on the face of it just look horrendous yep. but act, but actually you know that's that's you know it, it's yeah it, that's that's where the learning is that's that's where the you know where the where the future is and and i think you know the for somebody you know it, it depends I, i mean i was fortunate in that when i went through a uh, spiritual emergency you know i did have these glimpses of um our true nature you know yes. of, of our of our our being you know what it who we really are you know i i was able to glimpse that because i i felt all the attachments to to my body personality i just felt everything fall away and i experienced myself at, at that that soul level um so that you know i was very fortunate in that but but i you know in the book that um people share their stories there's one person called kate who suffered with depression absolutely crippling depression for you know more than 30 years on and off and and yet she got through you know she had a sense that this was a spiritual process it was a process of of purification and cleansing and somehow she got through you know she's a a phenomenally courageous woman um and so i you know maybe maybe also that yeah you know, can can be yeah you know just seeing other people's courage yeah. other people can get through yeah You know, one of the things I was struck by and I talked about it today, I had uh, as I said to you, it's kind of rare that I have a half hour to just talk, you know what I'm saying? Uh people think that, you know, I go on radio and I'm on radio a lot and that I do a lot of talking. Well, actually, I do a lot of listening is what I do. It's my style. And today I had this half hour. And for whatever reason, I I think it was because I knew I was going to be speaking with you tonight, Catherine, and you know your book, and it really got me to think about a lot of things. I also am am rereading uh, the life and teaching of the masters of the Far East. So there's a lot of things that have gotten me to think. But one of the things I talked about today was I could not think of anyone, not a single person, over the past since 2003 that I've interviewed that didn't go through the fire. Do you know what I'm saying? I I mean I tried to think about, you know, even the most happy, you know, even the happy bubbly uh people that came on the show, even the laugh therapists that came on, everyone had this bout with adversity. And and they all said the same thing and I wanted to ask you about this. And that's why I played this Kelly Clarkson song today because, you know, that song uh about if it doesn't kill you it makes you stronger i grew up in a family with a stepmom that was from the south every day she would come out with something new some saying something pithy but this thing about making it stronger was something that was embedded in all of us and so you know i wanted to ask you you know all of these teachers the mystics you mention in your book the creatives you mention in your book call jung for example you know what is the bottom line message from these teachers these mystics jesus buddha what's the message here that contributes to your platform of spiritual emergency and awakening well that that basically you know to 
to become an awakened being, you know, it seems to me increasingly that it's not possible unless we go through these these hugely challenging periods of crisis. And so, you know, what the book is really about is is that it happens on so many different levels. So yes, I have got some some um, fantastic spiritual teachers there that I, I talk about, um, you know, and, and names that people know like Eckhart Tolle and and Amma, the Indian. Uh, yes. Paint. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet it also happens uh, on a different scale, on a different level to to, you know, m- more ev- like everyday folk. And um, and and this is, you know, some of the people that have, have been uh, sending questions in, uh, you know, your listeners, you and I, the other people that you've interviewed on the show, Pat, you know, it's it's in fact, you know, we all at some point go through some difficulty. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible, I don't think, to get through life from when we're born to when we die without some kind of difficulty. And and in a sense, we kind of need to be realistic about that. Um, and the more we can kind of go with the flow, the, the better, really. But I, I really, you know, I'm fascinated by these masters. Um, absolutely fascinated by, because it seems that, that the crises they went through were just so extreme. You know, there's, there's um, um, Ramna uh, Maharishi who um, had to be fed to be kept alive. Yes. You know, if they hadn't actually put food in his mouth, when he was going through his process of awakening, then he he would not have lived to be the great spiritual teacher that he was. And actually, Amma, the in, Indian um, hugging saint, you know, it was very similar for her. She was just abandoned as insane by her family. She was left um, to live um, like in in the backyard, kind of just sleeping out uh, and you know, living like a wild animal uh, while she was going through this huge cleansing and purification and she is now just the most amazing uh woman you know she is is an enlightened being who just gives and gives and and really um brings so much hope and love to the world and you know this is what i love Catherine, about you for those of you just tuning in Catherine g lucas joining us here today um and the book is absolutely phenomenal um, I want to just make sure all of you out there, um, under, you know, knows that, yeah, Amazon, you can definitely go to Amazon to get a copy in case of spiritual emergency, moving successfully through your awakening. And I love that you're talking about moving through your awakening. You know, so often in the book, you, you know, through the masters, through the stories, you talk about what does it mean to get back out there? What does it mean to pick oneself up? I want to ask you the question because you talk about this. What is the influence of past lives on what we're experiencing today? What is the relationship, if any, on spiritual emergency? Well, and that's, you know, usually, I mean, on the whole, that can be quite an individual thing, but it can also be a a collective thing where groups of people find themselves working together and actually they've they've worked together maybe in in their past life and, and there's a collective thing happening there. Um, but I, you know, some people, some people, um, find material, past life material coming up, you know, especially when they're in crisis. And I, I mentioned Marie Moore earlier, yeah. you know, it seems very clear to me that it was past life material trauma that was coming up for her. Uh, I've had to work through some, some pretty heavy duty past life um, material myself. 
Um, and so in a sense, I can only kind of speak from personal experience, Pat. But, but, um, the, the relationship I think is that where, you know, past life trauma, in, in a sense, you know, we, we can work in therapy and, you know, and I've, I've worked in, in therapy one to one with a therapist for a number of years and, and that helped me enormously. Um, but at the same time, you know, the sort of issues from this lifetime sometimes can just be a tip of the iceberg because if we don't have an awareness of, of what we're bringing in from our, our previous incarnations, um, then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it depends. You see, I, I, what I would say about past life work is that I wouldn't encourage people to just go for the hell of it, kind of rooting around, uh, you know, what will happen if... If it needs addressing, if it needs healing, then it will start to come to the surface in one way or another. Sometimes people get like these flashes and it can seem like, like images from a movie, just little, just little snippets of, of like flashbacks of movies in, in the mind's eye. And, um, and that then it's time to go and seek out a, a, an expert, a professional. Mm-hmm can help with with past life regression yeah absolutely absolutely i mean uh, uh i actually interviewed someone i think you get a little chuckle about this i actually interviewed someone not too too long ago uh sandra ann taylor and about two minutes into the interview uh she said you know you're gonna want to call me for a session and i thought okay i, I may want to do that may want to check that out um because there is, this is so multidimensional, and you, you treat this so well. One of the things I wanted to ask you, and I can't believe how quickly the time is flying, you talk about powerful emotions. And I went back and I was reading some of the books that I had read years ago. One of them is a small little book uh, by James Allen. It's a little teeny book, and it's called As a Man Thinketh, little teeny book. And And many people talk about this book and about what he says. But very few people miss the first sentence of the book. And, and I wanted to share it with you because it really does get to what you're saying. He says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And many interpretations of this little teeny book leave the word heart out. That's the only time in this, what, how many pages, this little small thing, 60 little page small book that he mentions the heart. But he mentions it in the beginning. And I wanted to ask you about the connection to the heart and the mind and the role that emotions play, because those seem to be the ones that really get us hung up. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, Pat. You know, we we live we live so much in our mind in in the West. You know, we really are, are very identified with with the mind and you know so much of our work is kind of left brain and kind of rational logical but actually what happens when when we go through when we go into kind of spiritual emergence and emergency is actually we move beyond the mind okay we move into places into territory that is beyond the understanding of of the rational mind and so this really we're, we're moving into heart territory you know, we're moving into, and, and, you know, even for me trying to explain it and talk yeah. about it, it's, it's difficult because we haven't really got the language for, for these mm. experiences. You know, you know, awakening and, and enlightenment and, and, you know, really fulfilling our spiritual potential does take us to places where there isn't really the language to, to be able to talk about it. Um, 
but but certainly and it's interesting actually because uh, the buddhist um in the buddhist teachings um you know the the mind and the heart are kind of much more unified so so that they almost use the word heart to all to mean heart and mind uh which which is interesting so so yeah you know we this is the it's the heart you know is in a sense that's that's where it's at you know it's it's working through it's the emotional stuff that we need to clear out that we need to 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 kind of purify and heal uh and so that a lot of the work actually is is emotional really i wanted to ask you uh in relationship to that Catherine uh well before we we go into th- this conversation take a moment again and let people know how they can find more about you your website uh and definitely uh i just want to tell everybody you're going to want to go into her blog and just take a look at the many many just incredible things uh Catherine is talking about but let's give out your website one more time sure so so it's catherinegluckus.com so Catherine is is with a c uh Catherine G Lucas L U C A S .com and and actually you can get the book through my website or through Amazon or from the publisher uh, fintonpress.com you know we could have spent an entire conversation i think on what i'm about to ask you about right now and maybe we do I I was really struck by what you refer to as phase 2 making sense of it all the hero's journey and uh and there are stages in this um i and the reason i'm so fascinated by this i mean you know if you take a look at our pop culture right now all of the movies here these days that are out all of the blockbusters the movies that are you know making a significant amount of money that people actually go pay to see they all have that hero aspect to them you know they all have i mean we're making mega movies now in hollywood about the avengers the justice league these superhero characters vampires werewolves and ghosts are getting along on the big screen <laughs> they're even going to do a remake of wonder woman and i wanted you to talk a little bit about the essence of the hero's journey because sometimes some of us regular people don't think we are heroes don't think that we're capable yeah that's i'm so glad you've asked that pat because you know the 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 truth is that we are all heroes within our own uh story within our own journey it in the sense that we are at the center of of our individual life and and so from that point of view you know we are the hero and and i use the word hero you know hero heroine it's uh-huh you know um and and actually you know what's what's fascinating is that the the guy whose work i i came across through really powerful synchronicity um is a guy called Christopher Vogler and actually he um is a consultant for um uh, disney for for disney films he's worked as a consultant for them so you know and he's written very authoritatively on on the hero's journey and and i and it was just fantastic material uh that i found of his that i that i then worked with myself and and in fact you know that the hero's journey you know there's um a world renowned mythologist who has has been dead for quite a few years now uh, Joseph Campbell who who really brought the hero's journey uh into more public uh, awareness and and he he was actually a friend and colleague 
of uh, the Groffs. So this is uh, Stanislav and Christina Groff. Yes, I, I love Stan. I got the opportunity to interview him a number of years ago. Fantastic, fantastic. And of course, you know, it, it was Stan and Christina Groff who coined the term spiritual emergency back in the 80s. Um, and so, so Joseph Campbell, this mythologist, was uh, a friend and colleague of theirs, and 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 they actually were the the first people to kind of realise that in spiritual emergence and emergency, the hero's journey could just be so helpful, because it's an archetypal uh, model uh, that can really apply to anybody's experience, anybody's story, whatever you've been through. The hero's journey can can really help you map. Uh, that journey. It can really help you map the, the territory and explore where you've been and kind of help you move forward. Like, where do you need to, to, to go next? And so I used it, you know, at a time when I was feeling really quite stuck. I'd, I'd been through, um, I'd been through crisis, uh, twice in, in 2003 and 2006. And I'd, I'd done a lot of work, um, in terms of, setting up the UK Spiritual Crisis Network, organizing conferences on spiritual emergency. You know, I, I really put a, a, a lot of energy into where I, I felt that the, the help was needed and, and then found that actually I myself was feeling stuck. Uh, and so I worked with the Heroes Journey. And, and what I was um, so pleased about in the book is that rather than just presenting it as an abstract model, I, um, you know, I've really shown people how to really work with it and kind of journal with it and, and use it um, to help to help them. Well, this is what I love. I mean, you know, you're talking to somebody that as a kid grew up uh, uh, drawing comic book characters. You know, I, I, and this, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? When you're a child, you know, they're usually all the boundaries are down. You know, you could sit and think you're Superman, Superwoman, whatever is out there. Um, and, and there's that sense of, of empowerment that one has. I'm not surprised that these days what's emerged out of three years of financial uh, crisis here in this country and abroad that our blockbuster movies are, are so phenomenally heroic. I mean, the, the epitome of that is having werewolves and vampires get along. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, I, you know, I, I think I really encourage people to, to explore, um, the, the sense in which they are the hero of exactly. their own journey. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there are the different steps in, in the book. I out, outlined the, you know, 12 key steps. And that's from, that's from kind of stepping out, starting out on, on the, on the adventure, the call to adventure, to meeting mentors, uh, the various tests and challenges that we come across. And then the re the reward that we bring back, you know, this is this is the key, is is the reward. You know, what is it that we're bringing back um, into our everyday lives from these um, journeys, these um, struggles and challenges that we've been through? So that's just in in a nutshell, a, a little bit about about the hero's journey. So, Catherine, I have a burning question to ask you. If you had to pick an architect, uh, an archetype to describe yourself. Which one would you pick? Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, well, you know that's that's very interesting because um, you know when I was in spiritual emergency, I had a very powerful experience of uh, the energy of the Divine Mother, 
and and actually in 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 it was very much the christian um uh faith that came through despite the fact that my spiritual practice is 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 mainly buddhist although i you know i have a very interfaith multi-faith approach really um and so i really felt very powerfully the energy of um of of mary um, and, and this is something that I also explain in the book, how, how the energy come through. And, and it can be quite confusing. You know, this is where people think that they're the reincarnation of, of Christ or something. Um, so, but I, you know, I really, I, I wouldn't say that I associate myself with, with that archetype. But I, I certainly, having experienced that beautiful, beautiful energy of the Divine Mother. And, you know, we see it also in Amma as well. Just this, just this unending compassion um and so yeah that's certainly those are qualities that i really as- aspire to um to to bring more and more in into my life well you know i have to tell you it has been such a pleasure and an honor to to chat with you here tonight uh, you know i i get asked that archetype question a lot and you know i finally um uh, I finally caved in and got a de- the, the deck of, uh, of, of, of um, Carolyn Mace's archetype cards, right? Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah. They're great, right. So I, I get this deck of cards, a big fat deck of cards, right? And for those of you that don't know, Carolyn Mace did the archetype thing. So I couldn't decide. So my friend said, take these cards and pick the card. So I took the cards and I picked a card. And the first, and they said, you have to, you have to do this three times, three different days. Pick the card. The first card I picked the first day was the rebel archetype. <laughs> I thought, all right, there we go. And I figured, oh, okay, you know, let, let's try another one. Some of these archetypes are really cool. You know, maybe I can get a cool one. Second day, shuffled the deck, and you know the ritual, right? Shuffled the deck, bam, pick the rebel archetype card. <laughs> My friend says, you know what? Why don't you try that a third time? So here we are, third day, shuffle the deck. She takes them. She cuts them. She spreads them out. What card do you think I picked? The rebel. <laughs> Unbelievable. I finally said, all right, I'm going to stick with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I certainly, you know, I identify it because I love that, that deck of cards. And I, I certainly identify with the teacher and the writer. And, you know, this is this is the, the work that I'm doing is very much about, um, you know, writing the author and teaching and and really getting the message out there. So those those are archetypes uh, very much for me. Yeah. I love it. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you very, very much, Pat. It's been a real pleasure. It's amazing. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Janice, thank you so much for your your heart-opening questions. And we learned so much. Many of the listeners learned so much from those. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. If you've missed any part of this, the archive should be up in a couple days at thedrpatshow.com. Uh, for all of you out there, remember that this is a time of awakening. And thanks to people uh, like my very special guest joining me here today, uh, Catherine G. Lucas, there is an opportunity on the other side of whatever that crisis is. We'll see you next time. It's step
Breaking down your soapbox is way too high overgrown. You can barely see the ground or touch the sky. Your high horse is taking north and left to you, nowhere to be found. Better off dead, or so you said. But don't worry, we all fall down somehow. Someday, not somehow.